94.3 The Game, WRHDHD1, Farmville, Greenville. Powered by the Ritchie Law Firm Injury Lawyers. Go to gotbrian.com. That's gotbrian.com. It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Do it live! Do it live! Do it live! We're back! Do it live! You know, I, uh, for those of you on the video audience, I had the uh, same fit, or have the same fit that I had on this morning during Talk of the Town. I've been so blooming busy today with the show coming back that, uh, uh, I was I was unable to do a, a share wardrobe change, but welcome in everybody. It's great to have you with us. Little summer hiatus is over. Some of us are a little more uh, uh, tan. Some of us aren't, uh, and uh, we are uh, up and running. We uh, there is AAC Media Days. However, the American, in uh, all of their vagaries, uh, is not going to have any uh, hashtag content. Until tomorrow. With that said, we do have some Mike Houston audio to bring you in our pirate report coming up in a few minutes. But let's say hello to the crew for the program uh, today. Uh, the one and only Dom Kosoki, voice of uh, the Tarboro River Bandits. Did I get that right? Okay, I don't hear Dom. So that's all right. Dom oh, is I'm in sorry. there. I'm, I'm right here. I, I'm trying to plug everything up. But, yeah, I, you got it right. It's the Tarboro River Bandits, and you, you got that right more than you get my last name correct. So you spelled it wrong Dom, earlier what, today. Did I really? Well, I mean, I think I pronounced it correctly, so at least that's something, right, Kosolke? Yeah, you're getting a lot better but, at it. You used, to, you used yeah. to call it wrong a lot. Well, some of that was in jest. Uh, Dom, what did you do on your summer vacation? Call baseball games, I guess, right? Yeah, it's pretty much been doing that and, you know, talk of the town here. And uh, when baseball was still going on, I was doing baseball here. All right, uh, and uh, uh, the one and only Clark Willis is back with us uh, today as well. Clark, what did you do uh, on your I'm summer vacation? I GalaxyCon to interview some celebrities like uh, Christopher Lloyd, who's one of them, actually. You're going to be there later in the week in Raleigh at GalaxyCon, aren't you? Yes, sir. Going to be there all week. Some pretty good stars out there this this year. Brett the Hitman Hart, one of my favorite wrestlers, is going to be there. Yeah. Are you going and to Rick get Blair. some... Uh, Rick Flair. Woo! Are you are you going? Well, who? What well, does it matter? He's no longer with us. Are you going to get some guy, some celebrities to do some liners for the yeah, station? Well, give me an idea show? for a good liner. Okay, I'll we'll we'll plan that this week. Always good to have the meeting on the air. Uh, but yeah, we'll do it later in the week nice. if we have time today. If we have time, we may do a hold my beer. I have some hold my beer uh, isms for the beach, but. We may have to wait and do it Wednesday because we've got so stinking much to get to here today on the program, including the great Phil Steele is going to be with us coming up in just a little bit. Uh, you know it is time for college football when uh, the Phil Steele magazine is out. It has been out for about uh, three weeks now uh, in newsstands. You can pick it up at Books A Million and Barnes and Noble locations, uh, also philsteele.com. It's still good. 
If you get uh, the VIP package that Phil has, you get access to a digital version, and that digital version will update as uh, things update here before the start of the season in September. So uh, that's a pretty cool feature. Phil Steele's going to be with us uh, coming up uh, with uh, us here on the PJ Show coming up a little bit later on in the hour. So what has happened since we were uh, gone? I was I, I was working on a list uh, during uh, some of the recent times where we were gone. Of course, we had our kickoff show uh, about 10 days ago for the uh, folks at Playfly. We came back to Steve and I go and I for kind of a special one-off edition of the PJ Show, thanks to Michael Busimi and Philip the Ref Pilkington for their help uh, in that program. That was a huge success. We replayed for that for you last Thursday in case you missed it. And uh, we uh, hope that uh, in one way, shape, or form you were able to check that out because that was a pretty fun event. Uh, we also uh, had the sensation. I've got my Big Rock Kids uh, hat on uh, for the uh, kids fishing tournament they had last week. Uh, for the Big Rock, uh, the sensation prior to this tournament uh, dropped their pursuit of trying to uh, claim the uh, Big Rock Tournament prize. I think we may have re-aired that Ashley Blue interview, and then two days later, or at least within the next week after we re-aired that during the best of, he uh, dropped it, uh, the uh, legal pursuit there. So there you have that. Uh, those are a couple of the uh, news items that I would consider kind of big that have happened. Uh, the Pirates have named a new voice. My friend Chris Edwards is now the play-by-play man. For ECU, their director of broadcasting, will have a lot of social media duties uh, that he will also have as part of that. So congratulations to Chris. We'll be talking to him at some point uh, down the road here. Uh, but I know it's been a busy time uh, for Chris, who uh, attended ECU uh, back uh, a decade or so uh, ago. It would be about a decade and a half now, uh, or a little more than that, uh, that Chris uh, attended East Carolina. So we have uh, that uh, for you uh, to tell you about Chris Edwards. Uh, we have media day tomorrow uh, coming up, and uh, the Pirates have a couple of uh, players there. Shane Calhoun, along with uh, Winter Wolves' Jeremy Lewis, the South Central alum, and Coach Mike Houston. Uh, they'll be talking. Commissioner Oresco will be talking tomorrow. We'll have coverage for you of that right here uh, on 94.3 The Game. Speaking of Stephen Igo, he's going to be with us on Wednesday. So Igo will join us to talk about uh, all things ECU, including a report uh, that uh, some comments that Mike Houston made uh, at the uh, Bill Dooley pigskin kickoff event Friday in Raleigh, uh, where uh, the three triangle football coaches in the ACC, Coach Houston, were on the day outs and uh, were there. And so we will, uh, in fact, have some comments from that uh, event coming up in our Pirate Report in a matter of uh, seconds. Uh, thanks to everybody who reached out during the uh, hiatus. Some people were, uh, I think they were wondering if I was okay, but no, I'm fine. Uh, a couple of things. My wife did have some surgery in the end of June, so that necessitated us taking uh, that last week off in June, where we would normally work up until uh, July. July is usually a month where we try to take some time off, and then we'd Usually find a week in August to take off to try to space it out a little. Uh, but uh, my wife had surgery. She's doing well. She's recovering. In fact, her doctors told her to slow down. Uh, but uh, she's uh, she's still getting things done and uh, I don't think sometimes realizes her limitations post-surgery, uh, but she's healing nicely uh, from that. I also, uh, after July 4th, we did have a, an actual vacation week uh, in there at the Working Man's Beach. 
And uh, I had on uh, the Monday after the 4th, uh, I'm of the age where I got a colonoscopy. And uh, I said this on Talk of the Town. I wanted to say this on my show when we came back on the air. I think it's something that everybody, every man, especially if you're in that age bracket, uh, should do. In fact, I was talking to a really good friend of mine last week, and uh, he's uh, 44, about to turn 45. Uh, he'll be the age where you're encouraged to go now and get tested uh, or have the colonoscopy for the first time. And uh, he was commenting to me, he knows of three or four people that are kind of late 30s, early 40s that uh, have colon cancer. And, uh, you know, this is something they're they're screening more and more. Clark, I know, not to put Clark's business in the street, but I know a couple of years ago you got one. So nothing to it, Clark, right? Tell the folks. Because if you're a certain am, age, there's no I'm the only one here at the moment. Oh, you're the only one there at the moment. Okay. Well, Clark, I, I don't know. through that process yet. Well, you're not old enough, Dom, to go do all that. So this is one of the things you have to look forward to. You know, they talk about the prep, and the prep was not that bad uh, for me. I mean, uh, the doctor said the prep may have uh, may have been too light and could have been better, but uh, he, he was satisfied. Everything was uh, tip-top as far as all of that goes. No issues, no problems. Come back uh, when uh, you are uh, have had five years lapse. So then we'll be back and get another one, and, uh, and then hopefully then it'll be uh, – I don't know if they'll do it on a five-year rotation or a ten-year rotation after that, but they uh, are bringing me back in five years. So everything's good. I, I thought, uh, again, I, I can't say that enough. If you're uh, in our audience, and we're kind of in that audience where we got uh, guys that are close to 40 or, or maybe a little past 40, I, I would say there's nothing to it. It'll be the best sleep. No wonder the king of pop wanted that uh, sleeping uh, drug because that thing was, was sweet, really good nap. You don't wake up uh, nauseous or or groggy, my wife said she came back, and I was cracking jokes to the uh, to the nurses and uh, making them laugh. So there you go. All right, uh, let's get into a uh, pirate report and some comments from Mike Houston right now on the PJ Show. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, as we mentioned, the uh, Bill Dooley season kickoff uh, luncheon was last Friday. Uh, some interesting uh, interesting notes out of that. NIL was a topic. We're going to hear Coach Houston and his comments uh, on that and some other things he was asked uh, during the uh, uh, sort of uh, panel portion of that. Dave Doran from NC State uh, was there putting people to sleep. Mike Elko, who had a great year at uh, Duke, was there as well, and so was Mac Brown. He'd like to put you in a Cadillac today for a low, low price. So those guys were uh, there along with Coach Houston. And uh, one thing that Mike Houston said is, quote, they have turned an institution in this spring because of tampering. He said the complaint to the NCAA was about members of other schools' football programs or program being involved and not some overactive meddling boosters offering an NIL inducement. This is a quote. We heard what was going on. We called the institution and told them, listen, this is what's going on. You need to nip it in the bud. Houston continues to say it continued on, so when we turn, so that's when we turned them in. Now, uh, Coach Houston did not identify the school, said it was not in the region, said he has not heard from the NCAA. 
and uh, that is uh, some things that he talked about. Now, that might have been during the breakout one-on-one sessions, uh, because uh, on the dais, at least uh, the part that I saw, which was the, the good majority of it, uh, that was not said. But what uh, Coach Houston did say, and what Coach Houston did talk about, uh, were various things. He does talk about NIL, but he also talked about uh, the culture of his program. It all starts with core values and then getting the right people, and, uh, and not just coaches. I mean, really the right kids. And, uh, you know, so I think no shock in the culmination of year three and year four is where we had our success, but year one and year two is where you were building that. And, uh, you know, so now you, you look at our roster now and, and as we were talking about before, a lot of the, a lot of the names from last year are, are playing professionally right now and we're excited for them. But, uh, you know, the kids that you have returning in the program have been with the program three, four years. They're just, they're ingrained in the work ethic and, you know, doing right and representing the program in a certain manner and they have a lot of pride in, in what we've done and I think that's that's really the thing is when you can get your culture you know where it matches your core values and get the right people you know that's really when you have the success. Uh, Coach Houston also talked about uh, Mason Garcia. Well I just think uh, you know it's obviously it's, it's everybody thinks of East Carolina University football and Holt Naylor's is who they think of you know he's been a four-year starter and you know, done so many great things and uh, excited for him and, and his next steps now with Seahawks. Uh, but, uh, you know, Mason has been there for three years. and Mason has been behind Holton and uh, has been developing, and, you know, he's been waiting his time. And, you know, I think in, in the landscape of college football and the way it is uh, right now, the fact that, uh, you know, he did stay uh, when Holton was uh, in front of him, says a lot about his character, and, uh, you know, he's the consummate teammate guy. Now, he's, his intangibles athletically are through the roof, and uh, he's a very talented young man. So uh, we're excited for him. He's waited for his opportunity, and, uh, you know, he gets his first career uh, start as a starting quarterback. He started during the pandemic one game, but uh, his first career start as a starting quarterback in the big house at Michigan. So it should be an exciting day for him. <laughs> All right, uh, and this is uh, Coach Houston when asked about uh, NIL. I just think that uh, you know, it almost undermines, it's almost created a situation where it undermines a lot of the things that we all believe in. And, there's, you know, the tampering and, and the, 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 the behind-the-scenes conversations and, uh, you know, sometimes misleading uh, a student-athlete and, thinking something's one way and it's not that way and it's just it really has kind of undercut you know a lot of the things that I know that we all believe in and, and what we tried to teach our kids for years uh, about you know how you achieve things in life and how you're successful in life and now you you have all this other stuff thrown in and I just I just, I, I don't like it a whole lot I mean that's not, none of us do all right uh, so that was Mike Houston and uh, we've got uh Reaction to the NIL from the other three coaches uh, that were there, Mike Elko, Dave Doran, and Mac Brown. So here's that. We were all in agreement that the student-athletes deserved a little bit more piece of the pie than what they were getting, but I don't know if this open free market NIL was what any of us anticipated. We all want a level playing field is what we want. And uh, we want somehow for there to be federal legislation that allows us 
an opportunity to have oversight in this space. And I think that's where it's really challenging is 50 states have 50 laws and, and the NCA doesn't have the power to do anything about that. We need a standard. If we don't have a national standard, then what we're going to do is we're, we're going to we'll never see college sports uh, like we've seen it before. We're going to have 12 that have more money than everybody else. And those 12 are going to be having the best players. They're going to be in the 12 team playoff and nobody else. All right. Uh, well, some uh, good and unique and interesting points there. Uh, again, that was uh, Mike Elko, also Dave Doran, and Mac Brown at the uh, kickoff event for the Build chapter. And, uh, of course, Mike Houston, uh, a big part of that as well. We'll hear more from Coach Houston and Pirate players and AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco tomorrow with our coverage of the uh, media day going on for the AAC. New look, 14 teams now in the league. That's the other big news that happened. Uh, the three departed and uh, six, including uh, Texas San Antonio, Rice, North Texas, UAB, Charlotte, and Florida Atlantic, FAU, all entering the uh, American while we were uh, away officially. Okay, a timeout, and when we come back, it is always football season. You know it is when we hear from Phil Steele, our great friend, uh, joins us. He's got his uh, 2023 college football Magazine out on newsstands now in select locations. We'll tell you where. You can always go to philsteel.com, of course. And we'll find out what Phil Phil Steele thinks about the Pirates when we come back on the Patrick Johnson Show, our return edition after our summer hiatus. The great Phil Steele joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. It's always great to talk to you, Phil, and uh, happy beginning of the college football season because it's already here. Yeah, it's getting, uh, it's almost, the games are almost starting right now, so it's uh, a lot of fun. And, you know, I do nothing but college football year-round, Patrick. It's always a lot more fun when the games are actually being played. No, absolutely. And uh, one day Phil is going to allow me to enter the man cave, and I'm going to watch games. That's my goal in life, to watch games at Phil Steele's uh, layer of football uh, viewing. Because there's screens. Get on, <laughs> get get on up here this this season, Patrick. You're more than more than welcome to come on up. Just don't talk a lot while you're watching the games. I'm trying to pay attention to 12 games, but uh, <laughs> I think you'll I think you'll uh, definitely cap. You'll be able to capture all the games, and and it'll be a lot of fun. It's Phil Steele's College Football 23 Preview Magazine. You can order it online, philsteele.com. Phil, where's the book being sold this year? The magazine being sold this year. You know, it's a little different this year, Patrick. Normally, we're out there everywhere, places like Walmart, Kroger, places like that. But this year, it's exclusively Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. So only Barnes & Noble or Books A Million carry it. And you can also, as you mentioned, go to philsteel.com. And the benefit of going to philsteel.com, if you get the hard copy, we are going to charge you a shipping charge. And naturally, it costs to mail things. However, we give you the digital magazine absolutely free, and that's updated all the way through September. So, for as an example, in the digital magazine, which you have access to, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick, mm-hmm. uh, the Northwestern head coach is David Braun, not Pat Fitzgerald, and it's already been updated. Yeah, and the, the VIP, too, you could go back and really look at individual stats uh, for players. You could go back and look at trends. The, the VIP deal is the way to go if you're really a college football nut. Uh, or uh, make a living doing it like I do. So uh, Phil provides a great deal of information. Uh, Phil, I know you've been uh, bullish on Mike Houston, the job he's done here in Greenville the last few years uh, with the Pirates. Uh, a little bit of a different flavor to this year's team. Holt Naylor's uh, out after a stellar career. 
There's some other uh, holes. I think the Pirates are in pretty good shape roster-wise. Obviously, they got a tough start with Michigan, who we'll discuss a little further. So let's uh, get your primer on the Pirates and what you gleaned in your interactions and conversations with Coach Houston. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've seen Coach Houston build this team the way that he talked about building it. I remember our first conversation. Uh, he mentioned how the defensive line was not the size he wanted. He wanted much, much bigger. I think they're getting there this year. You look at the defensive line, it's probably the strength of the defense. Good size across the front. Uh, they had a tough run defense last year. And I feel the defensive line is the strength of the team. And while they lose a couple of linebackers from last year, uh, they add in guys like a South Carolina State transfer, uh, North Carolina transfer, North Carolina A&T transfer. And the thing, Patrick, I took out from my coaches' conversations this year, I talked to 122, 133 head coaches. And, you know, just going through the teams with them, and we go through every single player, the thing I, I started to pick up on was all these FCS guys that came in the last two years have really made an impact. And the, the key is if they have experience, they come in with that hunger, they come in with a chip on their shoulder, and they mostly produce. So at linebacker, I like those two FCS transfers they got coming in. I think they'll be able to produce. Then you look at the secondary. Uh, it was a weak spot last year in the past D rankings. They're number 121. Should be improved this year. And once again, Coach Houston brought in five different transfers, which should help that transition. So overall, I'm not concerned with the defense of East Carolina. Offensively, that's where some question marks are. And it's not necessarily because of the talent. Uh, as an example, a quarterback, I like Mason Garcia. I mean, he has every physical gift you want. Uh, he's got good hips. He can run. He, the only thing he lacks is experience. But he, he's been preparing for this. He wanted to redshirt last year, so we had three years left. I like that. He's got the size, the arm, everything you want, and he knows the offense well. Uh, the running back core, I'm a little concerned with replacing Keaton Mitchell there. 7.2 yards per carry. He was the key to the offense. And let's face it, if he stayed healthy against Cincinnati last year, they probably beat the Bearcats. It's a game I thought they controlled uh, throughout. They lose their top two or top three receivers this year, including a couple of thousand yard guys. They've got replacements, but all that skill talent gone, plus four starters on the offensive line. I have questions about the offense this year a little bit, just due to the fact of what they're losing and who they lost. They lost basically their top players on offense from last season. Uh, the schedule is not easy. Uh, playing Michigan on the road, App State, I think, will be a vastly improved team this year, and they're always tough at home. Uh, even John Marshall uh, in that second game is going to be tough because uh, Marshall's a very good football program. They uh, they play UTSA on the road, FAU on the road, and Coach Sherman's very high on his team. Navy on the road. I think Navy's going to be an improved team this year. So I don't see a matching last year's eight-win total. But I do think Coach Houston, despite the fact they go from number 18 in the experience start to number 121, mm -hmm. can still get this team back to a bowl game this year. Uh, really impressed with the job he's doing there. You know, the the thing that ECU and you always have uh, in your excellent magazines, we're talking to Phil Steele, uh, right now available at Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, including the one in Greenville, or online at philsteele.com is uh, Phil's College Football Preview Magazine. You can sign up for the digital uh, version with a uh, VIP package at philsteele.com, and that will update uh, throughout, in fact, uh, reflecting, as Phil noted a few minutes ago, uh, the change uh, at Northwestern. So, Phil, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, Pirates have made some hay 
and you you have this in your magazine each year, you know, games that could have gone either way. Team could have had a worse record had they lost these. Team could have had a better record had they won these games that are usually uh, close. Pirates have made a lot of hay on that. Do you see it coming down to getting that bull bid and against some of these games that are going to be really, really close, almost, you know, too close to call right now? Yeah, that's going to be the key. Uh, you know, the game against Marshall, I think, is going to be big. The at Rice, I mean, this is the best team that uh, Bloomgren has put on the field at Rice since he's been there. They actually have good talent. That's going to be a, a tougher than game than maybe a, a casual East Carolina fans would expect, not knowing much about Rice. But Rice is uh, probably the best team uh, that Bloomgren's put on the field. And then, uh, you know, the SMU game at home, that's going to be extremely yeah. tough. Both teams are off a of bye. It's at home. Uh, and as I mentioned, that road games, uh, there are five really tough road games there in Michigan, App State, UTSA, FAU, and Navy. So winning the close games is going to be paramount. But, of course, remember last year, East Carolina could have had a better record than 8-5. There were two missed field goals from 10-3. and three. And as mentioned, had they not lost Mitchell against Cincinnati, I think they might have won that game. They actually had a 454-3 10-yard edge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Phil Steele's with us here. Of course, they were also... Uh, beat BYU on a kick at the horn and uh, also yeah. uh, uh, had to rally to knock off uh, Memphis. Uh, it, well, same thing. Got a, uh, a late uh, play to score and beat Temple and then had to rally from 17 down to beat Memphis last year in uh, double overtime. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's been that razor edge that the Pirates have had, and, and, and it'll come down to this. And there's something to be said about programs that uh, win those kind kind of games the Pirates the last two years certainly have. You you alluded to Mason Garcia, uh, and we've talked to Mason here recently. What did Coach Houston specifically talk to you about with Mason Garcia uh, that stood out to you, Phil? Uh, probably the, the sentence I used right at the top, that this guy's got every physical gift, and uh, he's highly confident in him. He's He's got a big arm. He's impressive in the spring. Uh, he's got the size you want, he's got the mobility you want, and he knows the offense. So he's very confident in what Mason Garcia could do, and, and that made me even more confident in the fact that I think he can come close to, uh, you know, what uh, uh, they did last year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Phil, you've got a new-look American this year. Uh, you've mentioned some of the teams that are going to be in this new conference. Uh, that includes UTSA, who's had a really – great uh, season last year's had a lot of success uh, FAU's got a lot of potential especially with Tom Herman at the helm Rice as you said had one of its better additions I think UAB as a program is in the best shape it uh, has been in in a while especially when you go back to when the Pirates were in the same conference as the Blazers uh, Charlotte seems to have a lot of uh, potential North Texas, they have a huge student body. So, I mean, these are some interesting, these maybe aren't brand name teams to a lot of people, but some solid programs coming into the American. How do you see their influence on the conference, and who else do you like in the league this year? Yeah, and, uh, you know, originally uh, looking at it, you would have thought that uh, with teams coming up from CUSA, they're all going to struggle, much like if you look at the Big 12 media poll, the uh, the four American teams or the three American teams that went in there, uh, two of them are picked towards the bottom, the other one picked towards the middle, and that's generally the way people look at it. We know when you're taking a step up in conference, and there's no doubt going from CUSA to the American Conference is a step up. But uh, I like what UTSA's got coming. In fact, I've got them rated as my favorite to win the American Conference this year. Jeff Trailer's doing just a remarkable job with that team. 
Frank Harris is back for his seventh or eighth year, something like that. And <laughs> and last year, uh, you know, he had some uh, eye work done, and uh, now all of a sudden he hit 69%, throwing for 4,600 yards with a 32-9 ratio. Uh, so I think uh, having that done prior to the year last year was a big help for him, and he's going to be one of the best QBs. They've got Cephas and Clark at uh, receiver. And the defense is solid. And then, like I said, Jeff Trailer is just doing a remarkable job there. So they're going to be extremely tough. As far as the other teams coming in uh, from CUSA, I mentioned that uh, Florida Atlantic, Tom Herman, was uh, buoyant about the talent level he, he inherited. He loves the offensive line and really likes Casey Thompson, the quarterback, loves the defense. He was super pumped up about his team and his chances. Uh, this year in the conference. So they're going to be a tough out for whoever plays FAU. North Texas, as you mentioned, has got the big base. And then Eric Morris stepping in is coming over from Washington State. He was also at Incarnate Word prior to that. He's got some talent uh, to work with. And, uh, you know, like Chandler Rogers who comes over from ULM. Uh, Rice, this is Bloomgren's best team that he's put on the field. And then Charlotte, you know, originally, Patrick, uh, when I – looked at this Charlotte, you know, they were a bad team last year in CUSA and they're coming in here. I said, okay, pick them at the bottom. But after talking to Biff uh, Poggi and going through the squad with them, he's brought in a ton of transfers. And in fact, he feels that the the defensive line is Big Ten size and speed. So I'm like, wow, uh, Charlotte's probably going to be better than I expect. And he also said uh, he's too old to go through a rebuilding thing. He wants to win now. So... uh, We'll, we'll see what happens with Charlotte this year. I'm, I'm intrigued to see yeah. what, he, what he puts together on the field. Pochi, it's interesting because uh, in talking to people in the industry, they have really gone all in on the NIL. He has pushed them to do some things uh, maybe ahead of what their administration wanted to do. They've got a stadium you can add on to. They're in a great city, obviously, where football's really taken hold, what the Panthers have done in the last uh, – a couple decades so yeah that's a hot recruiting bet in this state and uh, i think phil i'm with you i'm real intrigued to see what charlotte can do when you spoke to coach biff when you spoke to coach poji what were some of the things that stood out because he's an interesting character oh he definitely is uh probably the confidence level that he has in the players that he brought in this year uh you know you look as mentioned the defensive line the, the startling comment to me is that you know, he, he's been in the Big Ten. You know, yeah. he's had some pretty good defensive lines there with Michigan the last two years. And to say the defensive line is Big Ten size and speed, that is, uh, that's saying a lot about the defensive line. So he feels good about pr- pretty much every position. And, and on my pages, Patrick, uh, my internal pages that I have for the team, I highlight in yellow transfers coming in. Almost every player in that defense has gotten yellow on him. So, you know, and, and he feels confident that he's brought in the right players. Uh, he's brought in several players from Michigan who he knows well, uh, like Nakai Hill Green at the, the middle linebacker spot. And, uh, they're going to run a different type of defense. Uh, at times they, they might run, uh, five wide on the defensive line, which I find intriguing as well. I thought that was uh, a good part of the conversation. I put him in a five wide defense uh, coming in. I asked him if I could, and he said, uh, yeah, go ahead. And uh, (laughs) that's where they're going to play a good part of the time. So I love a different type of defense. I love all the transfers, 22 P5 transfers coming into this team. It's the magazine that the experts cannot do without. It is the Phil Steele College Football Preview. We're talking to Phil Steele. And we'll talk some more college football with the guru right after this on the PJ Show. 
I'm Dom Pasolke with your 94 3 The Game Sports Update and Pirate Report. The topic of NIL coming up during last Friday's kickoff lunch on in the Triangle. ECU coach Mike Houston said East Carolina turned an institution in this spring because of tampering. Houston would not identify the school but said it was not in this region. In addition, Houston talked about the life without Holt Naylor's and Mason Garcia. The fact that uh, you know he did stay uh, when Holton was uh, in front of him says a lot about his character and uh, you know he's a consummate teammate guy. Now he's his intangibles athletically are through the roof and uh, he's a very talented young man. At that same event, Greenville's Andrew Hollinger from D.H. Conley was awarded the Bill Dooley Scholar Athlete Award, and Andrew will be attending Kenyon College in Ohio this fall to play football. Brittany Dipper has been chosen to lead the East Carolina lacrosse program. Dipper is set to be the second head coach in program history after six seasons under Amanda Moore. Dipper comes to Greenville after one season as an assistant coach at the University of Virginia under legendary coach Julie Myers. The Cavaliers posted an 11-7 overall record in 2023 and advanced to the NCAA. Michael Jordan's run as the majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets is coming to a close. The NBA's board of governors approved the sale of the franchise to a group led by Ray Schnall and Gabe Plotkin. The estimated $3 billion sale is expected to be completed within the next one to two weeks. Jordan will retain a minority stake in the franchise. A new NFL season is quickly closing in. Carolina veterans are set to report the training camp tomorrow at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Rookies reported to camp last week. And rookie QB Bryce, Bryce Young signed a four-year $37.9 million deal with the team over this week. The deal includes a $24.6 million signing bonus and is fully guaranteed. The Panthers will host the New York Jets in their preseason opener on Saturday, August 12th at the Bank of America Stadium. Buffalo Bills and former NC State running back Naheem Hines expected to make the entire 2023 season with a knee injury. He was acquired from the Bills this past season from a trade with the Indianapolis Colts. He was expected to be the primary kick and punt returner for the Bills. We're eight days away from the MLB trade deadline and it's heating up fast. Shohei Otani being the biggest star on the trade block. The Los Angeles Angels have reportedly communicated trade scenarios with other teams over recent days. And that'll do it for your 94 3 game sports update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student athletes. For more info on how to join, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show with Phil Steele on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. All right, Phil Steele is uh, with us uh, here. We're talking college football, and Phil's college football preview magazine is out now, available at Barnes & Noble and Books a Million. Also, uh, Phil Steele is uh, where you could go online to check things out at philsteele.com. Order the magazine there. He'll get it right to you. Uh, lots of great deals there for some uh, add-ons uh, that are well worth it if you're a college football fanatic. Phil, uh, Appalachian State, that's the Pirates' uh, third opponent of the year. What do you see out of the Mountaineers this season? That's going to be a dangerous game for ECU. Uh, when I look at App State, uh, Sean Clark, you know, last year they, they waffled through a 6-6 six and six season. Final game of the year, a chance to go to a bowl game. They lost in two overtimes against Georgia Southern. So they didn't get the benefit of the bowl practices. Uh, going over the squad with Coach Clark, the one thing that stood out to me offensively is they're going back to their quarterback running the football. The last couple of years, uh, they've had uh, Chase Bryce there. Bryce has uh, been a solid passing quarterback, but not necessarily the runner. He only ran for 117 yards last year. They're going to incorporate the quarterback into the run game. He feels they have the depth with Berger, Aguiar, and McHugh to be able to do that, even if they get banged up a little bit. 
And that's going to make them, I think, more dangerous because App State, to me, is at their best when they can dominate at the line of scrimmage and run the football. Defensively, they look to be in good shape. And he knows the pressure's on there, but he says if anybody's going to have this type of pressure, he prefers it's him because he knows he's going to get the job done. I actually picked them to win their division this year. Mm -hmm. They play in the tougher of the two divisions in the Sun Belt, the uh the East is uh, definitely tougher with App State, Marshall, Coastal Carolina, James Madison, Georgia Southern, Georgia State all uh, uh, competing there. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a dangerous App State team, and more to the type that uh, you saw in previous years, part of the last year's, uh, a little bit of an aberration. And even last year in their 6-6 six and six year, I mean, they beat A&M on the road. They only lost to North Carolina by two. They beat Troy early on in the season. So I think they were probably better than their 6-6 six and six record. We're talking uh, with Phil Steele here. I'm gonna, we're going to get into Michigan here when we talk the national uh, kind of picks in a moment, so, so stand by for that, fans. But uh, you, you've alluded to App. We've talked to ECU, obviously. You've touched on Charlotte. Let's talk the big four here in the state. Uh, what kind of seasons do you see out of uh, NC State, North Carolina, Duke, and Wake Forest, respectively? Well, with Wake Forest, Patrick, it's the same thing every year, and Coach Clausen reminds me every single year. He says, uh, where, where'd you pick us again last year, Phil? And he always finishes <laughs> better than, than I expect. So uh, that, that's been going on for his entire career at Wake Forest. He's, he's pleased with where I pick him, and this year I picked him eighth in the ACC. So you know they're going to finish better than that. Right. Uh, he likes he likes Mitchell Griffiths at uh, QB. Uh, they do have some talent. They're rather inexperienced, though. They're only number 105 on my experience chart. They draw a tough schedule. That's why I picked them eighth, but uh, Clawson will get the job done. Now, with Duke, here's the thing. This is a better Duke team than last year. They're number three on my experience chart. They've got themselves a quarterback oh, in yeah. Riley Leonard, who's mm -hmm. very underrated. They've got a deep running back core with Waters, Moore, and Coleman. And, frankly, I thought Mike Elko was a uh, – a miracle worker last year, getting duked to nine wins. Who would have thought that at the start of the year? I think they're over in a win total is three and a half or four or something yeah. like that. Yeah. This year they've got 18 returning starters, much more experience. But here's the catch. Last year they beat just two FBS teams that had a winning record. This year they play eight of them. So now much tougher schedule for Duke. I don't think they're going to match last year's nine win total, but they're a dangerous team. Uh, no doubt about it. With NC State, they didn't have the type of season expected, but you know, it's cut them some slack. Devin Leary went out after, what, six starts, and they ended up starting four different quarterbacks last year. It'll be interesting watching Brennan Armstrong reunite with Robert and I at the, uh, as his offensive coordinator. Remember how explosive they were at Virginia two years ago? Uh, this is a talented team. They're not as talented defensively. They only have five starters back, lose some key players. But if that combination of Armstrong and N.A. can recapture that Virginia magic, uh, they could be a surprise team in the ACC. I think expectations are a lot lower for them than they were heading into last year. And then finally with North Carolina, I think if anybody's going to break through that Florida State-Clemson juggernaut at the top of the ACC, mm -hmm. North Carolina's got that shot to do it. Uh, they've got their quarterback back, and we all know who Drake May is. Now, May had a great start last year. He had 30 touchdown passes in his first nine games then had a 1-4 ratio over the final three ACC games last year. But that's because he didn't get a lot of support. This year the offensive line's better. Uh, Coach Brown's going to run the football more to take some of that pressure off of him, uh, and they're going to protect the quarterback better. He brings in a guy like Nate McCollum from Georgia Tech, Devontae Walker from uh, Kent State, a couple of uh, solid receivers. 
So I think the offense will be more balanced and solid. And defensively, each year Coach Brown tells me that he's got a lot of pretty-looking guys on defense. They just haven't played that way. Maybe this is the year they live up to their <laughs> talent level. Uh, and, and he feels they will with eight starters back. So I think North Carolina's got that opportunity. And they avoid Florida State league play, which is big. They do have to play Clemson on the road and Pitt on the road. But uh, I think... Yeah, it, to me, it's Florida State versus Clemson in the ACC title game. But if somebody breaks through, North Carolina would be that team. Gotcha. Phil Steele's with us. Uh, it's his college football preview magazine, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, and PhilSteele.com. Uh, Phil, nationally, uh, what uh, what are you looking at as far as your early season pick for the uh, college football playoff? Yeah, the four teams I got going there, uh, you know, I got Georgia naturally. I think their defense is even better than last year. And offensively, while they have a new quarterback in comparison back, he's got a tremendous supporting cast. And by the time he reaches his first game, they're not a double-digit favorite. That would be Tennessee. That's week 11. He'll have 10 games under his belt and be a veteran. I think Carson Beck's a, a Dark Horse national, or Heisman Trophy uh, contender mm-hmm. this year. Also in the playoffs, I've got uh, Michigan. Uh, it's real tough in the East. I mean, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State are all in my top five of the power pole. But Michigan's got the best schedule of the three. They do have to travel to Happy Valley, but they get Ohio State at home, and they don't pull any of the big boys out of the West. So I went with Michigan, and this very well may be Jim Harbaugh's best team yeah. he's put on the field. And now they have playoff experience, you know, two years of it, and maybe this year they break through, not only win a playoff game, but contend for the national title. Also up there at the top, I'm not going to not pick Nick Saban. I mean, they had a horrendous <laughs> year last year. Uh, they went 11 and two. They had a three point <laughs> loss to Tennessee, right? And an overtime loss to LSU, and finished number five. Oh. Unbelievable! Didn't even make the playoff last year. Terrible. Uh, year. He's only got five. Yeah, horrible. Uh, only five starters back on offense, five right. on defense. Uh, quarterback question marks, but as long as Saban's there with all that talent they have, how do you not pick Alabama to make the playoff? And, by the way, they've only won the national title once when being in a preseason number one. Mm-hmm. However, they've done it numerous times when not preseason number one, so this year they're dangerous. Right. And, finally, I'm going to, uh, in the ACC, I think the preseason favorite when the media poll comes out is going to be Florida State. I think Florida State's going to be ranked higher than Clemson in the AP poll coming into the year. But I like this Clemson team. In fact, when I went over the team with Coach Sweeney this year, uh, he brought up the 2018 defensive line. You remember how talented that unit was with all those first-round draft picks. He said this group is actually deeper in talent and experience. I made it my number one defensive line in the country. They got Carter and Charter back at linebacker. Klubnik, I think, will do just fine at QB. They got Shipley and Moffat running back and improved offensive line and receiving core. And then their toughest two games this year, Patrick, are at home against Notre Dame and Florida State. And they've lost a grand total of one home game the last six years. I think they win those games in Death Valley. I've got them favored in all 12 games. So I've got Clemson making the playoff, and I actually have a number two in the country uh, contending with Georgia. Gotcha. Who is knocking on the door of the uh, Final Four for the college football playoff? Who who out there could slip in or will be in contention? Yeah, there's some really good teams in the top ten who I didn't pick, and it was sort of tough to keep those teams out of the mix. Uh, you know, you're looking at Ohio State, which is actually number two in my power poll. And let's face it, if Ohio State makes that field goal at the end of the game against Georgia, they're the national champs last year because I think they do the same thing to TCU that Georgia yeah. did. They have that type of talent. Mm-hmm. It's tough to keep Ohio State out of the mix. But 
they do have to play Notre Dame on the road. They play Wisconsin on the road the week after they play Penn State. And they also play Michigan on the road. So it's a tough road schedule. That had me pick up number five. Penn State, this could be the year they break through. It wouldn't surprise me if they beat Michigan in Happy Valley. Last time they played them there, Michigan needed a late score just to come out with the win. So they're a contender. USC with Caleb Williams and an improved defense. They, the only two games I'm an underdog all year are at Oregon and at Notre Dame, and they're both a three-point dog in those. Florida State, you know, there's seven units on offense and defense, uh, Patrick, all rank in my top 15. Hmm. Not just my top units, but the top 15. That tells you the talent level Florida State has this year. And don't forget about Notre Dame. Notre Dame last year played with a backup quarterback. This year they got some guy named Sam Hartman, one of the better quarterbacks in college. They've got a tremendous supporting cast. They get Ohio State at home. They get USC at home. The one road game they play that's, that's super tough is Clemson. And even if they lose that, though, I think an 11-1 Notre Dame team would make the playoffs. So I think all those teams are legitimate playoff and national title contenders. Phil, who maybe from the national scene as you've done your deep dive do you think might be a little overrated? Uh, well, naturally, TCU will probably be a little overrated heading into the season and the fact that they just played in the championship game and there's a lot of indicators that are, uh, pointing down on TCU this mm-hmm. year. Um, perhaps maybe a team like, uh, LSU. I think LSU mm-hmm. did great last year and they're better than last year's team. But I thought last year's team might have been a, a little lucky. So I, I think I've actually got them a dog in three games this year coming into the season. How about some teams that would be really dark horse that might, you know, you've talked about the top ten but maybe could emerge, be it ranked uh, in the remainder of the top 25 preseason or somebody maybe outside the polls you think could have a big push? Yeah, and that would be my surprise team list, Patrick, which are teams that are outside the top ten coming into the year but could surprise, like a TCU uh, last year, for example. And I'm going to throw two teams at you. My number one surprise team is the Wisconsin Badgers. And when, when I look at Wisconsin, they're a team that I had some concerns with because they're switching to a pass, more of a pass yeah. offense than what they've had in the past. But when I talked to Coach Fickle and went over the team with them, he said, Phil, we're not abandoning the run. They're just adding the pass to the offense with Tanner Mordecai coming in from SMU. And he feels that's actually going to open up holes for Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi to have even better yards per carry and better rushing years than they had last year. He did. Cincinnati always had the thousand yard running back, so I can see that. I'm not as concerned with the offense. Defensively, they go from three starters back to eight, and then the schedule this year, uh, the road games are against Washington State, Purdue, Illinois, Indiana, and Minnesota. I consider all those winnable. The two toughest games are Iowa, they get them at home, and Ohio State, they not only get them at home, they catch them the week after Penn State. Uh, I've got Wisconsin, my number one surprise team. They were seven and six last year. They have a new head coach, but Fickle got a group of five team into the playoff, and I think he's got the talent. This team goes from 107 in my experience chart all the way to number 20. Uh, I think they could sneak into a playoff berth and be like last year's uh, TCU. All and right. then my number one. Oh, yeah, go ahead. My num- uh, yeah, the other one is my number one most improved team in the country is Texas A&M, and with Texas A&M, uh, last year, they were 5-7 and seven with an extremely inexperienced team. Uh, many of the positions I went over with with Coach Fishery would say, like offensive line, Phil, we're going to have one of the best offensive lines in the country next year. Well, guess what? It's next year for them. And even last year when they waffled through a 5-7 and seven season, they beat LSU 38-23. to 23. They were at the Alabama two-yard line yeah. on the road uh-huh. with a chance to win the game. Uh, and now they've got uh, 20 returning starters, the more experienced 
Uh, watch out for the Aggies this year. I think they threaten now uh, Alabama in the SEC West. Two quick things, Phil. Uh, just general stuff here. Um, we obviously, and you referenced what has happened at Northwestern. There's the change there. I mean, how do you see that program going forward? I mean, they're coming off an atrocious year, a lot of up- upheaval there, probably not a lot of big things expected this year. But, I mean, just going forward as a program, uh, I mean, there's a lot of work there that needs to be done to get it back on track if they can, I guess. Yeah, and it's, it was a tough job to begin with. I thought Pat Fitzgerald did a remarkable job getting them to the level they did, uh, get to the Big Ten championship game a couple of times, and now players are allowed to transfer the next yeah. uh, bunch of days. So how many others leave? I know one starter left already. We'll see how many others leave. I think the new head coach is going to have their hands full. They had their hands full already. It's uh, you know one of the, the top academic institutions. They don't hit the transfer portal very much. Uh, I think it's a tough job for anybody. And then uh, eventually heading now to the expanded playoff field, how do you feel about that? I've always been a 14 playoff guy, but no sense fighting it. And we know we're going to get some new blood in the playoffs. The one thing I hope we don't get, Patrick, is what's happening in the FCS sometimes, which is uh, it's a battle of attrition. The team that's the healthiest wins the championship. I don't want that. I want the best team to win the championship. I don't want to water down the regular season. But let's see how it plays out. should be fun for the first couple of years for sure. All right, philsteel.com. Go there, order the magazine, Books A Million, Barnes Noble uh, here in Greenville and uh, anywhere, anywhere you're listening to us uh, beyond our signal here on the IBX Media app. Uh, the great Phil Steele with us here. Phil, it's always great to talk to you. You know, one other thing I want to throw out at you, Patrick, real quick is that uh, we actually have an FCS magazine, oh. two full pages on every FCS team, and it's available now. You can't get this information anywhere. Uh, it's available right now on philsteel.com, just 25 bucks. You become an instant expert on the FCS, and that's uh, it's, it's digital, but it's updated right now at uh, philsteel.com. Awesome. Phil, thanks a lot. Always enjoy the time. Hey, Patrick, it's, I always enjoy our conversations as well. I wouldn't complete my summer uh, if I didn't get a chance to talk to you. So thanks for having me on. All right. Yeah, same to you, Phil. Thanks a lot. Great to have Phil Steele on with us here on the Patrick Johnson uh, Show. All right. A uh, little overtime, but we're going to get out of here before the top of the hour. And we will uh, be back with you tomorrow. AAC Media Day. Have Coach Houston, a couple pirate players, and more. Thanks to Dom, thanks to Clark, and thanks to Phil Steele. We'll see you tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson Show.